Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me, the man, the legend, Ron Legrand. How are you, my friend? Pamela, I couldn't be better. You are amazing, Ron. Oh, my goodness. It is such an honor to have you here. You are a real estate legend. I'm sure you know that. And I'm just honored to have you here today. So thank you so, so much. Met you at the Family Mastermind. And I was just like, you had me cracking up with jokes left and right. I'm like, I love this guy. I want to hear all about him, who he is, what he's about. Because obviously, you're a legend in the real estate space. That's without a doubt. But I know you have an amazing story. So I'm going to Start you off with my favorite question, which one of my favorite questions, if that's all good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? Well, it started with hunger back in 1982 when I was running a service station and couldn't hardly pay the bills and had to go to the grocery store twice a week, couldn't afford to go once a week. And I started, I was 35 years old when I started, dead broke, clueless and had no idea, no money, no credit. And I saw an ad that said, come learn how to buy real estate with no money and no credit. And of course, I didn't believe that. That was a scam for sure. <laughs> but I, I went down and I checked it out. And the next thing I know is in a two-day seminar where I spent the whole two days trying to learn how to buy. Uh, most of that went just like that. But I picked up wholesaling that I could uh, get my head around. Went out and did my first deal. And within three weeks, I actually made three grand on it. And that was the beginning for me. And then I started to keep doing it. Next thing you know, I quit my job and just kept on doing it and doing all the stupid stuff, you know, buying all the garbage in the garbage areas and then and dealing with the low end tenants. And from a lot of them were section eight HUD tenants. And uh, what I did was just make a big old mess. I was making more money I made on my job, but I sure paid for it because I remember you started in the restaurant business way back and you you would only work 14 hours a day. That was about how many days I put in as well when I, or hours I put in when I started, but over the years, I started learning how to do the business correctly and turning it into a cash flow machine rather than just stick tenants in it and hope I live long enough to get rich at it. And we've been developing that system. Now, I'm, I'm in my 41st year, Pamela. Sorry, our 41st year. I've done 40 years at this, bought thousands and thousands of houses, done a lot of commercial, done a lot of commercial development, and uh, been through just about everything you can do in real estate, wholesaling rehabbing uh, hundreds and hundreds of each of those. But today I'm more uh, into the terms business. In other words, I buy on terms and I sell on terms, which creates a lot of revenue streams that wholesaling and retailing don't have. And I've become the specialist of that. And I got thousands of people out there in the country working on pretty houses and pretty neighborhoods instead of all the junk in the crappy neighborhoods. Uh, So that's, you know, we do this without money, without credit, and we build wealth quickly, both inside and outside of tax-free retirement accounts. So that, that's what I do today, but I, that is not always the way it was. I started with a washing machine that I couldn't afford to buy my wife back in 1982. And I just made a decision one day, I'm not going to live like this the rest of my life. And I didn't. Difference between me and most though, I went to the seminar and I went out and did something instead of going to the seminar and going back home and doing nothing and hoping to win the lottery. I love it, Ron. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. You're such a rock star. You're such a rock star. But now I've got to ask you like, What did you want to be when you grew up? Like as a kid, what was your dream? Rich. (laughs) 
you made it then in that case. You wanted to be a CEO? I remember, this is the truth, back in that seminar in 1982, I got a manual and I made notes in that manual because I still have that manual. And my real goal in life was to make $100,000 a year, Pamela. I mean, I look at that and I laugh today. That's my, that was my goal. My wife spends more money than that in the video poker machine <laughs> now, nowadays. <laughs> so, no, it was funny then. I mean, funny now. It wasn't funny back then. That was my big lifetime achievement back then, like $100,000 a year. So anyway, we all got to start somewhere. It's not about learning. Learning is just the first step. And then we got to implement. That's where all the help comes in. That's where the coaches come in. That's where the systems come in and we've set up over the years. My folks don't hardly have to do anything. I mean, there's nothing for them to do but make decisions because everything else is done for them. And that's took a long time to get it to that point. But I've, it's never been easier to buy and sell houses than it is today, even in this hot market. Right. Oh, man. Now, Ron, I got to know, like, who inspired you growing up? I... First started, my first seminar was a Robert Allen seminar. Today, by the way, he and I are best buddies, as you know. We duked it out on stage the other day <laughs> while, while you were there. Uh, and then I followed Marco Harrelson a lot, uh, How to Wake Up the Financial Genius Inside You. But I didn't have one main teacher. Back then, we had to grab everything we could get. I, and I had a truckload of books and tapes. I went everywhere I could go. I went to every seminar that I could get into, and even though I couldn't afford it. And just picked up some from everybody and then found my own way by implementing what felt comfortable to me. I had the shiny object syndrome, always pulled in multiple different directions, like many people are trying to do everything and not focusing on one thing long enough to make it work. And frankly, that's probably why I'm, if not the uh, one of the longest lasting real estate training companies in America today, because I stayed on that mission of not only still buying properties like I do today, in fact, I have student partners all over the place today, but also staying on that mission of teaching it, not going bouncing around with other stuff like some of my predecessors have done. Mm -hmm. So we still do today. We have a whole company that does nothing but teach people how to get into real estate and get wealthy at it without using money or credit. That's amazing. So you just said without money or credit. So that's the number one deterrent to anybody wanting to get into real estate. And then, like you said, you're like, that's a sham. There's no way that <laughs> that's possible. Oh. That's yeah, I blame people for being skeptical. There's yes. a bunch of crap out there. I mean, I don't blame them a bit. So it's up to them to decide whether they want to come learn the facts or they want to keep listening to fake news or whatever. I don't know, whoever they're listening to. But, you know, we've been around a long time. So obviously we're doing something right. Absolutely. What are some of like the common myths that you hear all the time, Ron? And like, how do you combat them? Well, first of all, people think they need credit. And I am absolutely, totally against that. It is the number one biggest mistake you can make in real estate is to guarantee debt. When you guarantee debt, you're the slave of the lender. You uh, risk your credit, you risk your assets, and you risk your marriage because you just haven't taken time to learn how to buy houses without guaranteeing debt. I do not guarantee debt. In fact, I send a big, ugly guy named Guido out to hurt people that I catch guaranteeing debt. <laughs> do not guarantee debt. And in fact, if you've been through 2008, you learned that lesson the hard way. We do not guarantee debt. And, and we don't write big checks unless we are clear on what we're going to do with that big check. And if, if I'm writing a big check, that means I'm going to get a bigger check back quickly. I'm not going to bury that money in real estate long term because my rate of return would be zero if I can make the real estate is going to do the same with or without your money buried in it. 
So if your money's buried in it, if you think about it, you're not getting, you're getting a zero rate of return. You could be taking that money and doing a lot better things with it. One of the things I like doing with money is paying cash for houses. Whether I flip them wholesale, which I don't do anymore, or whether I rehab them or retail them, that rate of return is ridiculous compared to what most people think you can do with cash. Trained real estate investors know how to get a humongous rate of return on cash. But real estate is the vehicle that generates cash, Pamela, not the one that sucks up the cash. We don't use our money or our credit to buy real estate, but if we do use our money, I want it back quickly with a larger check. And thirdly, we don't make promises we can't keep. We use attorneys to close everything. We're documented. If something goes wrong, somebody wants to come back and say we took advantage of them. We got all the documents and that case should go away very, very quickly. So we don't, don't write big checks. We don't guarantee debt. We don't make promises and we use professionals all along the way and exchange a little bit of money to let them do what they do best so we can step back and do what we do best. And that's what we do. We make deals and extremely profitable. I love that. I love that, Ron. I love that you said don't guarantee debt because I find myself guaranteeing debt a lot. How do I not guarantee debt? <laughs> How does that work? I'm going to have to send Guido after you. That's all I can tell you. You got to stop that nonsense or you're going to, I'm going to have to hurt you, Pamela. All right. Let's take an example then. Let's say you own a home worth 400,000 bucks. Okay. And you want to sell that home and you're okay with, let's say you owed 350 on it and you got a payment of $2,500 a month. Now you need to sell. All right. You contact us or we contact you. We're going to ask you, is it okay if we take over the payment, start making your payment on your house, we'll buy the house now and we'll pay the rest sometime later in the future. The difference between the, what is it, the 350 and the 400 that we agreed that I'm going to buy your house for. Got me so far? Okay. Yeah. That means that I'm going to buy your house with a wraparound mortgage or a wraparound deed of trust. So now the issue is how much do we put down? Get this, Pamela, at least 50% of the deals we do are nothing down, nothing down because we've got such great scripts that work so well. And when we get them on the telephone, first question is, if we do agree upon these terms, what's the least you could take? And they give us a number. And then what's the, is that the best you can do to give us another number? And then the second question is, we usually buy with nothing down, okay? If that question is asked correctly, with those exact words, you'd be shocked how many people will say, okay, all right? And then if not, what's the least you could take down? So I'm looking for terms deals that I can get the seller to finance or take over their debt, or in some cases, lease with an option to buy if they, can't, if they don't want to sell it till their debt is paid off. And then I'll sublease it to a tenant buyer. Uh, the back end is going to be the same regardless of how we get in the front end. So if I buy the house for $400,000, Let's say I put 10 down. I'm putting that house back on the market on a lease purchase, Pamela, for at least, at least 450. And because I'm assuming if I buy it for 400, it's at least a little bit below market value. Mm. So I'm going to get at least a $50,000 non-refundable option deposit on that property from a tenant buyer who cannot qualify at a loan at the bank, which mm. by the way, is about 70% of the marketplace cannot qualify that would like to buy a house. So I got that whole market to myself and anybody else that I might be competing with in the marketplace, which means they've been probably trained by me. I've trained hundreds of thousands of people and I've got people doing the terms business all over the country. So I'll buy the house. I'll put it right back on the market, bought it with terms or sell it with terms, get a $50,000 non-refundable deposit. And then I'll get a spread between what my rent is from my tenant buyer uh, opposed to what I'm paying to the seller. And in today's market with these low interest rates, payments are rather low. So these spreads get quite big very quickly. And there it is, my residual income. I get a great big check up front, probably as big as anybody's going to get rehabbing a house I might add without doing all the work. This is a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood, not a piece of crap that needs rehab that takes months to go through. I don't touch the house usually. 
I buy it and I put it right back on the market as soon as it's available, but I put it out there with a lease purchase, which you've got to know is going to flood the people in. So I'm only looking for the ones who have enough money to satisfy me. They own, I am the loan committee, family. All you got to do is convince me you got enough money and you can afford the monthly payment. And by the way, I named the price. I never named the down. I never named the monthly. The market tells me what's the most you can pay down, what's the most you can pay per month. And that's why we give great big monthly payments and we get these big front end deposits. So then we put them in the house and we forget about it. Here's the cool part. I mean, I think it's the cool part. From all the people that I put in the houses, only about 10% of them actually go get a loan and close on it. Can you imagine that? And they walk away because their deposit is non-refundable, clearly spelled out in the docs and spelled out by, from the attorney. Now, if they buy, I have to give them credit toward their down payment, but mm -hmm. I don't have to bring that check to closing. It just, it's just a credit on the closing statement. Yeah. So the minute they hand me that $50,000 of my money, I can do whatever I want to do with it. If they don't buy, they forfeit it. And that's very clear up front. Another reason to close with an attorney. Most of them don't buy. They live in it a while. I've got two tenants right now, been in the house over 12 years. Option expired 11 years ago. By the way, when I put them in the house, all of the repairs are their responsibility. I give them 30 days where I warrant the systems. Everything after that is their responsibility. It's a condition of their option. It has nothing to do with landlord tenant law. Yeah. Uh, so they accept that responsibility. So I had them the keys and set it and forget it. They don't call me if their toilets are plugged up. And the cool thing is if they don't pay the rent, Pamela, then they forfeit their option deposit. So I don't have any trouble collecting rents. And then all the way through COVID, I don't have any issue collecting rents because they know their deposit. In other words, they got skin in the game. They're not tenants, they're tenant buyers. It's a totally different breed of human because I spent my whole early years putting tenants in houses and I don't ever want, I'll never put a tenant in a single family house again. Why would I? I can get thousands of dollars of them from them and to pass on the repairs to them. I see no reason to straight rent a single family house. Makes no sense whatsoever. So that's what, we're, what we do today. And the higher priced house we deal in, the more deposit we get, the more spread we get, the more wealth we build. But in addition to that, we have depreciation because we own the property, ton of taxes saved, appreciation. How important is that in today's market? You know, I mean, prices of houses going nuts. And, and then we have debt pay down because we didn't quick flip it, get in, get out. Yep. Look, I've quick flipped a lot of houses. I've taught it for years, but I'm gonna tell you today, I teach people might wanna be thinking a little bit more about tomorrow than just to get in and get it out. I'm wholesaling a house or if I'm rehabbing a house like you do, problem is I get one check, pay maximum taxes, and then I gotta get up and go do it again, keep doing it again. I'm all for residual income where I keep getting paid multiple different ways, do it once and continue getting paid for years into the future and doing it without risk because we do not guarantee debt and we do not write big checks. By the way, if I write a check, let's say I put up 10 grand to buy that house, I just, I'm gonna get back 50 within 30 days. So I'll write that check because I know I'm gonna get it back quickly. So it's a different business that is being taught, especially on television, on those so-called reality shows. It's a totally different business, and, but it's a business that creates wealth, not just creates a simple, a single check. That was a short answer to a short, that was a long answer to a short question. Wasn't it? Oh my God. No, Ron, that's amazing. And that's so brilliant because like you said, like, I mean, a lot of us want to go out, they want to flip and kind of be in and out mm -hmm. and short-term gain and all of that. But as you were speaking, I'm like, that is just so brilliant. That's a brilliant model because you're creating different revenue streams and your risk level is really not that high. It's really just that initial purchase. However you choose to finance that, you know, how do you not guarantee debt? 
Yeah. I do not guarantee debt because I'm not the buyer. My a land trust buys the house. The trust guarantees the debt. The only thing that the trust owns is that one house. In commercial, I know you do commercial. I teach commercial. I've done a lot of commercial. At one time I had 32 developments going on simultaneously. In some of those cases, I guaranteed debt, Pamela. And that was in prior to 2008. And when 2008 hit, I certainly wished I had not guaranteed that debt because it still haunts me to the day because those projects did not do well after 2000. Their exit strategy totally dried up. So all that personally guaranteed debt was at risk. I will not do it again. And today I teach how to do commercial without guaranteeing debt. And um, some deals you can do without guaranteeing debt. For example, I have just bought a piece of land in uh, Michigan for the student, uh, 57 acres, put $50,000 down and the seller financed the other 600,000 for three years. So in other words, I got three years of seller financing to take that project and turn it around. Well, all, frankly, all I did was list it with a realtor and I got it on the market for $1.5 million. So I didn't guarantee debt, but I did write a check in that case bought that land and I do have 50 grand sitting there, but all right. But on the other hand, the upside is when it sells, that will be irrelevant and the rate of return will be ridiculous. Right. Uh, so there's all kinds of ways to buy both residential and personal property, or I mean, uh, and commercial property without guaranteeing debt. And in those cases where debt is, re is required, I simply get somebody else to guarantee the debt or in case of commercial, we go after non-recourse debt. And there is plenty of it out there, meaning no personal guarantee. So there's always a way to do deals. And that's assuming you're not just going to flip it. And I mean, I'll teach anybody today that the worst thing you can do to yourself is to flip it because there's a whole lot more money in keeping it. The longer you own a house, the more money you'll make. No, no exceptions. And yeah. that's in my example. I got a $50,000 down payment. How many rehabbers actually make more than that on their average rehab? And look at all the crap they got to go through to get it and all the risk and raising the capital and the contractors and the price increases and all picky buyers and all that stuff. Well, I've done my share of that. And uh, I'd prefer to take it the easy and most profitable way today. Look at this hair, see? It wasn't always gray. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Ron. Oh my goodness. And, and, and you were talking a little bit about your experience in real estate. So you've done it all. Like you've mm -hmm. seen all of this. I mean, lease terms, this is definitely the most profitable option. Yeah. What were some of your biggest lessons in uh, in real estate? What would you advise? Not guaranteeing debt. <laughs> Another big lesson I learned is quit trying to do everything myself. I mean, today we're so automated and systemized. When our students come in, we, all they got to do is plug and play. Everything's calls are taken for them. Calls are made for them. For All they got to do is make decisions, really. That's all I do in my business. And the real estate business is pretty easy for us to teach folks. I, you know, in the beginning, it looks complicated to them. You and I both know no, nowhere near as complicated as it is. As it is. In fact, if you want to do something complicated, go open a restaurant, right, Pamela? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> if you want to know what a real business is like, go open a restaurant. I've had six of them, okay? And that's enough, by the way. Think about what you do in a restaurant. All the money you got to put up to open it, all the risk you got to take, the manpower, the food, uh, and then all those other expenses, which are constantly climbing at a rapid pace, just, and he only got to work a half a day. He just got to figure out which 12 hours it is. Right, Pamela? Uh, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> all of that to make what? A little teeny bit of money. I can go flip a piece of crap house in a junk neighborhood and make more than most people make running a restaurant. I mean, most people, 90% of the restaurants in this country don't make as much per month as one wholesale flip can make them, honestly, with none of that crap. None of that crap. 
And the ones that do make money are on the upper level, usually franchised and got all systems in place and lost a fortune to get to the point to where they could actually make money. And then here comes COVID, of course. So by the way, COVID was a very good year for all my people in the, in the uh, real estate business. For some reason, they did better during uh, 2020 than they did in 20, 2019, which makes the case. People yeah. always need to sell houses. People always need to buy houses. I don't care what the economy or what the situation is, whether it's inflation or COVID or whatever. We're in a very stable business that will never run out of customers, never go out of style because people always need a place to live. And it makes no difference where you live. You and I were, not, were discussing it earlier makes no difference where you live. And if you can't do deals where you're at, you won't do deals in any other city either. Mm -hmm. And it uh, makes no difference how much your credit is because you're never going to use it ever. Not on my planet, not on planet Ron. And you're not going to fill out an application. In fact, I hope your credit score is minus 680. Then you won't be tempted to go into and try to apply for credit uh, because uh, that's a big mistake in my opinion. Uh, so I learned the hard way to delegate. I wanted to do everything myself. I didn't think anything could be done without me. And over the years, I learned, you guys listen, you better write this one down because you ain't going to believe it in the beginning. You ready? You ready for this, Pam? Huh? Well, I'm ready. <laughs> There's not one damn thing you do in your business that somebody else cannot do for you. Not one. Not even the decisions. I'm a living, breathing example of that. But first, you got to be willing to turn loose and work with them long enough to where you can trust them to do all of this stuff. In my company uh, today, I don't know how many employees we got because I don't write the checks. I've got people running that company and uh, I just interrupt every now and then, create a little chaos and teach and get on podcasts like I'm doing right now. It all runs without me. I have my real estate business runs without me. Even when the restaurants, I had the restaurants, I had a general manager. You couldn't see me in there in an apron. Every once in a while, I did go in there and interfere a little bit. I remember one time I ran a half price offer. Pamela, you can relate to this. Oh my God. Half <laughs> off, half off of every entree on the menu. Oh, he made a Christmas. Here they come. I think busloads of people came in <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> and I thought, and I quickly realized that we can't handle this mob. I mean, they put us in the weeds in a hurry. So I started handing out rain checks. <laughs> okay, come back later. Can't let you in now. Here, come back later and get your get your deal. Anyway, that's about the only time that I get involved. I had to clean up. By the way, my poor host, my poor host, she was under so much pressure, she quit. <laughs> she quit on me. I just happened to be in there eating. So I, I took over and became the host that night. That's about as involved as I got, other than the planning and and uh, helping them with the menu and so forth. So I learned the hard way, let other people do what they do best, get out of their way and let them do it. Exchange a little bit of money for stuff you don't want to do, especially the stuff you don't want to do and you hate to do, delegate it and uh, get out of the way and watch how fast your business will grow when you're not in minutiae every day, putting out every teeny little fire and don't have any time to make any good decisions because you're making all the junk decisions throughout the entire day. All right. Now I forgot what your question was. Did no, that, that was perfect. No, that just, no, that was just some advice that, that you were giving. And you mentioned the restaurant world. So you mentioned when you were 35, you went to the seminar and then got into real estate. But before that, what was your, what was your career like, Ron? I was running service station. Mm, the service station. I was the mechanic as well as the person managing the station responsible for all of it. And, it was, and I, my job was even to go out pump gas. So, you know, I had a couple of employees 
But can you imagine? I'm a mechanic, and then sometimes I got to go out and pump gas because there's through. That was back when we actually pumped gas for people, Pamela. You wouldn't remember that far back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, Rod. And so, like you mentioned, that you went to the seminar and that you actually went and did something about it with what you learned. Yeah. What were some of the things that you did to actually execute? I've, I just went into the MLS and made an offer on a property, and uh, crap, it got accepted, and I just flipped it for three thousand dollars. That's all I did. I mean, I didn't know much. I didn't have no really idea what I was doing. In fact, I remember when I got that first $3,000 check, Pamela, I was sitting at the uh, title company closing it, and I'm, I'm counting in my head all of the ways that this is going to go wrong. I'm not going to get my money. I need that money like I needed oxygen, you know? But I didn't <laughs> know it wasn't going to come. Just knew it went, and here it came. And now I, I got the check, and I thought, hey, this is going to bounce. I'm going to go cash it right away. <laughs> title company write me a check, and I think it's going to bounce, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> this is all of the crap that goes through your head uh when you're uh in a position to where you you know don't have a lot of resources to work with and you're analyzing everything to death and you know you, you know, both know people just analyze this thing to death at the paralysis of analysis and of course the biggest hurdle we have to overcome is fear and um i tell you right now when you don't write checks you're not guaranteeing debt you don't make promises you can't keep you're in a whole lot to be afraid of and you think about it what can you lose you got nothing to lose because you got nothing to risk. And that's the way I like it. And that's the way I teach people as well. That's amazing, Ron. That's amazing. It's just fascinating to see the trajectory and like how you've gone through so many different waves of the real estate space, like flipping and the commercial and now into yeah. the terms business and all of the things and six restaurants. I can't even imagine how the hell you dealt with six restaurants, Ron. Was this like while you were in real estate? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My first restaurant was uh, two... 2006, I think. And we closed it right. I was in Myrtle Beach, closed it right after 2008 hit. And then I had three delis and two other, I built out two other restaurants after that. You know, I'm a slow learner, Pamela. I'm a slow learner. And by the way, the last one I sold in September of 2019. So, you know, it wasn't all that bad. <laughs> what, what timing, huh? What timing? Perfect. Perfect timing. I went to that restaurant to eat the other day and the guy says, hey, you want to buy this thing back? I'll give you a great deal on it. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you no. i said nope <laughs> nope no i don't think so hey i would like to give a chance to um uh, have a little conversation with one of my team about how they can get started in real estate if uh, they want to they, if you know if you like what you hear because i you know hear the same stuff there's a lot of reasons why people don't get started well do i need money do i need credit will it work here will it work in this extremely hot market and the answer is absolutely yes well, we're here. Okay. Well, how do I get started? Well, all of these questions need to be answered. And first thing you want to do is probably talk to someone about it. And I can give you a chance to do that. If you uh, go to uh, ronlegrand.com forward slash PD, uh, I wonder what that stands for. PD. Huh? Huh? What's an old day? That's your initials. All right, Ron Legrand, spell Legrand right now. L-E-G-R-A-N-D. It's not L-A and there's no E on the end of it. L-E-G-R-A-N-D, ronlegrand.com forward slash P-D. And um, fill out a little application. 
and somebody will get back with you. And by the way, we're not selling anything. Uh, so, you know, it's all about you and how you get started. And we'll arrange a, about a 30 minute conversation with you and, on, and get to know you a little bit and figure out where you are and what's stopping that kind of thing and tell you what, what we think you need to do. Ron, I was going to ask you, you know, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? And it could be real estate, life, anything. Okay. First of all, the things that are important to me today at 75 years of age are laughable about what was important to me back then. And what was so important to me back then, I could care less about today. And one of the hard lessons you learn while you're in this quest all your life of making money, you better make sure you take care of the people that are taking care of you. People are going to be around forever. This making money thing comes and goes, and pretty soon it can consume you. And I would also look for help. Get qualified help. It doesn't mean employees necessarily. It means other people can do things for you. Delegate everything you can do. We have a whole floor of personal of VAs, virtual assistants, for example, that do all the calling for you, managing your site, run your ads, do all that junk for you for pennies. We have another company that takes inbound calls 24 hours a day from buyers and sellers for pennies. Now think about just what those two things alone will take off of your back. So we've over the years, we've developed people and systems to do that for you. So really get help, because if you don't, I can tell you what's going to likely happen. Uh, Minutia is going to come in, it's going to suck up your day. Nothing great happened because it's so hard for us to stay focused. And if we delegate all the junk we don't want to do, there's not much for us to focus on, except making sure that stuff is get done and making sure that it's followed up on and implementation. Training without implementation, it leads to frustration. It just makes you know it can be done, but you're not getting it done. So the implementation, when others are doing it for you, makes a big difference in your success ratio. So not only do we have implementation, but we have people that work with you one-on-one if you want them and the training events to educate you and then work with you for as long as you want to work with us. And frankly, I, I've been at this a long, 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 long time. And there's a reason we're still around. And that's because we take care of the people who take care of us. So my big lessons were get help and quit worrying about all the things that you're worrying about now and put yourself at no risk. That is a big deal to me, Pamela. Do this business without risk and then you won't be starting all over later because you screwed up. And also don't forget our partner in Washington called the IRS. As one gorilla, you do not want to dance with. They have, they're the biggest collection agency in the world. And people coming into real estate or business for themselves forget or don't know that it's now our responsibility to pay our taxes quarterly because nobody's taking it out of our check anymore. And I see people making the mistake of not doing that. And then they got this great big tax bill. The IRS is chasing them and, you know, puts a great big dent in their career. I also teach people how to protect themselves against predators. But the IRS is one predator that is very difficult to protect yourself against. So we got to learn to pay our taxes. Simultaneously, we got to learn to legally reduce that tax liability, which is something we always work on when we when we get in front of people. Another long answer to a short question, huh, Pam? <laughs> no, no, I love it. I absolutely love it, Ron. And you know, given that you've seen six cycles, you said, yeah, at least six. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on the market right now? Uh, It's either going to go up or come down. Yeah. Which way do you think it's mainly going to go? All right. Well, first of all, there's no question we're going to have another recession. It Look back. We've always had our ups and downs. Nobody knows when. 
every talking head on television has got an opinion. All of it is worthless. And it just gets spread from one show to another. Anyway, nobody knows the answer. Okay. Not even the people in control in Washington know the answer. So here's the pluses. Pluses is that we have a serious housing shortage in this country. I mean, I heard the other day, like 4 million houses were short. All right. That's a plus for the market to keep going. And then there's the minuses. And that's this inflation thing. Inflation, you know, when the interest rates go up, obviously people stop buying and it affects everything else in our life. And the more money people have to spend, the less they can afford to buy a house. Uh, so then you got the Democratic influence in Washington with all of the crazy stuff they're doing and all the money they're giving away. And the decisions they make seem so incredibly stupid to me. I can't predict what stupid decisions they're going to make next. So there's no way to predict what's going to happen to our market. But here's what I can predict. If you take care of your house, you won't have time to worry about what's going on in the White House which you can't control. Get your cash flow up, get your money in the bank, get your stability there, get your income to the point to where you can depend on it. And it doesn't depend on uh, inflation. One thing I love about real estate income, it ain't going away because even when values of houses come down, rents do not. In fact, they might even go up like they did last year. I live in Jacksonville, Florida, second largest increase in rent city in the United States last year, second largest behind Austin. And I find that pretty much all over the country. So rents are going up. And uh, so we're in a very, very stable thing called real estate. So no matter what they do up there or whatever else happens, whatever disease comes, we're always going to be collecting rent because people have to have a place to live. And that's, that's stability as far as income goes from that monthly spread that I was describing. So I don't know what's going to happen. I get to the point where I really don't care because to be honest, Pamela, a good recession is the best thing that can happen to real estate investors like us. Yeah. Easier to buy, easier to sell, better deals. So if we can do it in this, in this extremely hot market, and we certainly can, think of what it's going to be like when we get back into a down market. And we will sooner or later. Absolutely. I love that, Ron. I love that. So in with everything that you mentioned, what's up in your world in the next six to 12 months? What's Ron up to? Well, I spend um, my time working with my company, Global Publishing, and uh, helping other people as fast as we can. We're always looking for better ways to do that, make it easier for them, uh, do as much for them as we can. I still buy houses. I don't buy them like I used to buy them. In fact, uh, I mean, I just don't, I don't have the need to buy them like I used to buy them, but I, I don't ever want to get out of that uh, trend. And I'm doing commercial, I'm doing residential deals with students that bring them to me and we have mastermind groups. And I'm doing commercial deals with students who bring them to me as well. They usually bring them to me because they want me to put up the money, but that's okay. They're just bird dogs bringing in deals. I'm happy to put up the money. And of course, when I do put it up, it's going to be short term or, or, or close, but there's a lot of money in the deals or I'm not going to do them with them. So uh, we're working on that. I have a full-time guy doing nothing but screening uh, commercial deals that uh, those students bring to me. So I'm doing a lot without doing a lot, Emma, if that makes sense. <laughs> Back. A wise guy once told me that the less I do, the more I make. <laughs> I love that. I even have a book by that title on Amazon. The less I do, the more I make. So I've learned to practice what I preach and get out of my own way and let other people do what they do. I love that, Ron. And you mentioned a link earlier that everyone could reach you yeah. and your team. I definitely want you to let us know where to find you and your awesomeness, like any links, your books, anywhere we can find you. RonLegrand.com forward slash PD. 
We'll go take you to an application, have a chat with one of our people. Again, we don't sell anything on there unless you bring it up. It's a conference call. Secondly, you can go to um, ronlegrand.com forward slash terms if you want to go watch a little over an hour uh, training session on what we do in the terms world and exactly how we do it. Uh, it's ronlegrand.com forward slash terms. All right free of course thank you so much ron you are such a rock star and a legend and just like i learned so much from you today so thank you so much for bringing your wisdom your knowledge your humor everything you are a total rock star my friend and i'm just so honored thank you thank you thank, thank you, you so much for being here so that's it for today's episode of underdog catch us next week always dropping on thursdays and remember if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. Underdogs.